This is the Journey 66 Book Writing Podcast. I'm Melissa Parks with Dave Getz, and we are your road trip advisors. You may be at mile marker one and just thinking about an idea for a book, or maybe you've gone off-road in your writing and you want to restart the journey. Join Dave and me as we help you buckle up and write. Hashtags. If you are on social media, you probably have wondered about what's all the hubbub about hashtags. Today, I am going to interview our very own Melissa Parks on a topic that authors will want to understand as they build their social media following. Two episodes ago, I also interviewed Melissa on the analysis that her son did on her Instagram account called McGillicuddy. Now, McGillicuddy is Melissa's Instagram brand. It's also the name of her vintage store. It's it's her brand, and it's how she goes out into the world with social media. And so her son did an analysis of why her followers had actually started to slow. And so I think you'll really benefit from that episode. It's two episodes ago. And it's about, I think it's something like five social media insights to boost your following or something like that. But if you're a writer and you want to build a social media following, you must understand hashtags. So today I'm going to interview our resident expert, Melissa. That's right. I'm a, an expert. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are an expert. You're more of an expert than I am. You've built a large social media following, so there. So we're going ha- to interview her on hashtags. She'll give you some really practical help and how we can begin to implement these best practices of hashtags into our social media posts. So ultimately, Journey 66 is all about helping leaders and small business owners and writers of all different kinds make progress in their writing, publishing, and book promotion. Not only do we want you to write and publish, we really want you to have influence in the world and to promote your book. So that's what this episode is focused on, on specifically hashtags. What are they, how to use them, and how to grow your following with hashtags. But, 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 before we begin, we always start our episodes. Don't roll your eyes at me, Melissa. Before, before we begin, we always start our episodes with where are we making progress? So Melissa, you have to go first today. I don't feel like I made a lot of progress this week, so I had to search deep for this one. But we, you and I, did a webinar this morning for a consulting group on storytelling, and it was a little bit out of my comfort zone because... I just, I had to dig into the topic and had to present to people who are very professional. And I suppose I'm professional too, but it was a little bit intimidating. So getting over that intimidation factor and presenting was an area of progress. It was huge progress. Every time you do a webinar, Melissa, I'm always amazed that people, in my opinion, connect more with you than they do with me. I thought your content was great and it was a great session today. So I think you made huge progress. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll affirm you that today. Well, thank you. I need the affirmation. <laughs> I, I, I hope that, um, we can use the content in the future, maybe even talking about it on episode here about storytelling. We learned so much in just preparing for the webinar. Yeah. So it was a great session. So I guess it's my turn yep, about where go. I, I'll go. Where, where have I made progress? Well, this past week, I actually tore out a bunch of old juniper bushes that had probably been at our house since 1950 when the home was built. And 
so I'm starting to do some landscaping work and I have to tell you the progress for me is actually doing the work of landscaping. Now I'm an outdoors person. I love the outdoors. I'm a fly fisher. I'm an upland game hunter. I've spent my entire life in the outdoors, but I am not a suburban homeowner who loves to spend time in the yard. I'll do everything to avoid it. I hate mowing the lawn. I'm wondering if that's because you're kind of, you always go against the grain and having a perfect (laughs) manicured lawn is very suburban and maybe you're not, you know, maybe you're defined the very suburban essence. I hope our neighbors are not, uh, (laughs) well, I'm sure our neighbors will go, you know, we'd like to have Dave do a little bit better on his yard work. (laughs) So what did you, so you took out the junipers and we're going to replace them with a couple burning bushes and we're trying to re-landscape and the whole front of our house has these old junipers and the side of the house. We whacked all those. The problem is once you do that, you better have a plan because now it looks really bad. Yeah, we did that to our house probably about 10 years ago. We took out our old junipers. We had a 1920s, we have a 1920s bungalow and you have to get down to the roots. Did you get down to the roots and dig them out or did you just cut them back? I hope we did. Yeah, we tried to, but it's hard and they were the, the... the the trunks of these things were thick yeah they're thick they're hard to pull out well you got the hard part done the planting shouldn't be quite as difficult right Uh, we'll 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 find out i've got two burning bushes in a box that were shipped to us that if i don't get them in tonight oh i'm toast so that's how far along we are oh good so i won't get any emails from you tonight no probably not (laughs) (laughs) all right so (laughs) that's my progress so let's dig into this topic today. Uh, it's not probably the most, you know, engaging topic, but I think it's important as you think about social media. So let's start, Melissa, with this question or series of questions. What is a hashtag? How do they affect posts on social media? And why even use them? Great question. Well, why you use them is it's because it's the way that you extend your reach. It's the way that people find you that aren't currently following you. It's one way that people find you. It's not the only way that people find you. So hashtags are a way of categorizing content with these keywords. If you think of Google and all those keywords you use when you search for something, that's basically what a hashtag is. And any social media platform uses those, and then they group all the content that has those hashtags in a category and so you can go search by hashtags and some hashtags have a lot of content under them and some have a little content under them and we like to think of those hash the difference in those hashtags as long tail hashtags and short tail and those are kind of funny terms a long tail hashtag is just as it sounds it's long which means that it's more like a phrase rather than Um, just one keyword. So for instance, if I'm posting a picture of my cat, there will be millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of posts on Instagram and probably on Twitter too of cats. But if I use cats on furniture, there would be fewer posts, fewer, less content than if I just simply did cat. So um, cat would be a short tail, cat on furniture, cats on furniture would be a long tail. And that's just a silly example. But the more specific you get, the less competition there is for a hashtag. And the reason that you want less competition is that people are not going to scroll back 100,000 posts to find your post, right? And if there is a highly competitive hashtag like cat, you post it and one minute later, 
you're totally buried underneath 200 other posts and you're never going to be found that way. So you need to find specific hashtags that people will actually think of searching for when you put hashtags on your content. So when you, so essentially what I hear you saying is that a specific hashtag is is the same as a long tail hashtag is what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so as you think about hashtags, like for me, I'm a fly fisher. I have a um, Instagram account called Two Guys in a River. It's it's part of our pod. It's part of our podcast. So if I do something just on fly fishing, that's a short tail hashtag, correct? Absolutely. And there's billion. I mean, literally everybody and everybody's got a picture of a fish. So if you're a you know you're out fly fishing, you got this trout you just caught. Get in line because if you just use the fly fishing hashtag, fly fishing, then you're gonna you're gonna be buried. So right. you want us to be more specific. So it would be fly fishing in Montana, fly fishing in Bozeman to be even more specific. Fly fishing in fly fishing the fly fishing, fishing the Madison absolutely or be, fly fishing Montana. Just those two words, fly fishing Montana, would be a, a more of a specific, more of a long tail. Hashtag. That's Absolutely. Exactly right. And people who are interested in fly fishing and fly fishing Montana in specific, they might actually click on that hashtag and see your post and say, oh, this guy goes to Montana a lot. Oh, he has a podcast. Let me go listen to it. Oh, it creates this, this cascading type of engagement that you wouldn't normally have all from one hashtag. In fact, there's a statistic that says that Posts with hashtags have 12.6 more engagement than posts without hashtags. And I used to be so random in my use of hashtags. I went through a period where I didn't use any hashtags at all. And my and my growth of my account, it dropped considerably. I just wasn't getting any new followers. And my, my son did this analysis. And he says, the posts where you use hashtags, you get more engagement. You get new followers. I'm like, oh, so... I started to actually pay attention that hashtags do matter as much as you might hate them because that is something that you have to put at the end of the post. It takes some thought. It takes effort. I understand it. It's not fun, but it really is an important strategy in increasing your overall exposure on whatever social media platform you're using. I talk about Instagram a lot because that's my native social platform, but it's true also for LinkedIn and also Twitter, Facebook, probably a little bit less, but hashtags are really important so if i'm an author and i have a social media account i have a website i'm trying to promote my book i'd like to get more engagement let's say my book is on leadership for example the topic of leadership so let's go through this one more time because i'm kind of slow so if i just put a hashtag after a post leadership that would be a short tail hashtag absolutely and so that would not be good so Let's brainstorm a little bit to think about what would be some hashtags like leadership in leadership in startups, leadership in startups, startup leadership, startup leadership, leadership coaching, leadership coaching, entrepreneurial leadership. Those all would be more along the line of what you're calling a long tail hashtag. Right. And I would tell people to start out thinking about their tribe. Who is their ideal audience? Who would pick up that book? What are descriptors of them? What do they read? And you can begin to identify some keywords and some hashtags accordingly that would grab 
that tribe's attention. And that's what I do in my space. It's a vintage space. Um, it's a decorating space. And so sometimes when I'm stuck for a hashtag, I'll just go and look at an account similar to mine or one that I aspire to, and I see what hashtags they're using. And I try to find ones that aren't overly diluted, meaning they're, they're not super competitive, but some that are unique, have a good following that people that actually get exposure because there's the problem then of being um, also too niche that people won't find you because they don't put those keywords together, right? So I go and look and I find some new hashtags and I and I put them in my post and see how they do and I test them out. But think in terms of your tribe and even go and look at other accounts and whom you aspire to be like and see what hashtags they're using. That's one strategy. This actually just reminds me. So uh, when I post on Two Guys in a River and I post on our Instagram account, I will often use the hashtag trout angler it only has a thousand posts generally it ranges between 500 and 1500 posts now normally you think well that's bad because there's not as many posts but you're saying because it's a long tail it's more likely that someone or a multiple of people will see that and then click over to your account and read the post right and they have a very specific interest that aligns with yours Ah, that's great. Rather than just decorating, I would use vintage decorating or decorating with collectibles, decorating with vintage, decorating with flea market finds. Those are much more specific. So when people click on that hashtag in the search function, they'll go and click on it. And hopefully there'll be, you know, there are probably a thousand, maybe a couple thousand. But if I've posted recently, there aren't so many that I'll be buried within the day's gotcha. end. Using hashtags really is about extending your influence beyond those whom already are part of your, 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 that are already following you on Instagram, for example, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. So what makes a great hashtag? Outside of the specificity, is there anything else that makes for a great hashtag? Well, I'm just going to run down and describe a variety of different types of hashtags because I think this will help our audience in thinking through the ways that they can use hashtags. And one is a product or a service. So if you have a product or a service, you would say, for me, I sell antiques. So I would do hashtag Chicago antiques, Chicago antique store, something like that. That's my service. That's my product, Chicago antiques in Chicago. It's very, very narrow. Um, niche. There are niche categories of hashtags. So I'm a vintage dealer. I'm a collector of pottery, McCoy pottery. More specifically, I'm a flea market expert, or I could say, um, even just do flea market um, in general. So that's a very niche thing. So people who are interested in flea marketing, who are interested in collecting Mokoi pottery, they will find me that way. Then you have communities. So one that I use is vintage dealers on Instagram or pottery collector. Those are our little communities within the larger community of vintage of the vintage world. Um, special events like Shop Small Saturday. So say your store is having an, an event on Shop Small Saturday and you're, you're having a sale or whatever. You know, you make, make sure you use those hashtags for those special events, those special days of the year. Maybe there's a day of the year, a national holiday. There's one every day of the, um, every day of the year. And maybe there's one that really works for you and your brand. So use those hashtags. Um, locations. So if I'm selling downtown at Randolph Street, I will hashtag Randolph Street Market. Or if you're fly fishing, you might hashtag the river that you're, you're fishing. Uh, maybe we have somebody who's working on 
a book about hospitality, if she's working with World Relief, she may put hashtag World Relief. And people who are interested in serving um, refugees, for instance, might then find what she's writing about interesting. So think about um, places, locations, and daily hashtags. And within your space, there's going to be some daily hashtags like um, Shelfie Sunday or um, favorite finds Friday in my space. So you have to do a little work to find what they are in your area, but every day of the week there's something that you can post, and that's a good way to extend your reach because different people from different communities, there's some crossover of communities, and you'll find new people um, that you can begin commenting on, and that often helps redirect them to you, or they may just find you simply from the hashtag. And of course, there are the obvious ones like Throwback Thursday and Catterday things like that. But again, those are short tail. They're very competitive. So you won't get as much with hashtags like that. And then hashtags with phrases. So for instance, I use more is more because that's a common phrase in, in my sector, like people like to collect. And so more is more. It's maximalist decorating. Um, and then the acronyms like outfit of the day, OOTD. So again, there's just so many different ways that you can go about um, approaching your hashtags. And one of the final ways is with branded hashtags, one that are unique to your brand. Now, these don't necessarily, people don't necessarily think to search for these. However, if you brand them and people start using them, then they may click on that hashtag and find out that it originates with you. So for instance, I started, um, I branded a hashtag called TQITV, which is very oh, mysterious. Oh, stop, stop, stop. What is it? <laughs> TQITV. It's, a, it's an acronym that was coined by my friend, which is for the quest is the best. So whenever I go out flea market hunting, I always say TQITV. And so I started to brand that, that hashtag TQITV. And last fall, I started a hashtag TQITV Tuesday where people posted A through Z one day a week their favorite collection or something that they found while they were out antiquing. And I got so many followers that way. My reach just exploded. I mean, I'd probably get 20 to 30 new followers every Tuesday. So there's some, and of course that's, I had a platform to begin with, but there is something about branding your own hashtag that creates some energy and redirection back to you and your brand. So how do you brand your own hashtag? You just come up with like for you, you just came up with the acronym, created a hashtag, and then started promoting it. Is that yep, what you do? That's all you have to do. And lots of people, they have these kind of, I, I don't know how to call them anything different, but like alliances or they peers who they group up with and they say, hey, let's post it. Let's, let's sponsor a hashtag together. And then five to six people will all then um, have the same hashtag the night before, promote it, and then the next day comment on all the posts. And it creates a lot of energy, and it also creates just some um, recognition. And so that works really well for Instagram. I, I don't know if it works for Twitter. I'm sure there are other ways to brand um, hashtags on Twitter and even on LinkedIn. But it's something to think about because it does become very unique to you. So how do I identify these these best hashtags? So let me just ask you a practical question. So do you have an open like Word document and you have 20 hashtags that you use with every post? And have you researched them? Is there a place to go to research them? What, 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 should, what do you do? Yes to all of those things. And that's a, that's a great question. There are people that they research the hashtags that work best for them. And then they create different 
little um, notepad documents so that they can cut and paste it and put them into posts. Um, I don't like to do that because I think that each post should have unique hashtags and it shouldn't just be the same one. In fact, um, about a year or two ago, Instagram started to shadow ban people who would copy and paste groups of hashtags that they used over and over again because to them it looked like robotic type work or spamming type work. So you have to be really careful not to just copy and paste a stack of hashtags because Instagram may ban you. It's called so a shadow, shadow banning. And what what do they do with shadow banning? That is simply they make it so that people who aren't your followers don't see your post. So it doesn't show up in the hashtag um, explore. It doesn't show up if you search for a hashtag. Yours won't fall won't oh, wow. show up. So be careful of doing that. But back to your question, when I've done some research in the past, I go I maybe Google best decorating hashtags, best antiquing hashtags. I just do some research. I also look, like I said, look at peer accounts who are doing it really well and see which accounts, which hashtags they're using. But there are also apps. There's an app called Later that you can install and it runs, it overlaps with Instagram. And I would imagine you can probably use it for other social media platforms as well. And you click, you put, you enter in one, one word keyword that you think is relevant to your post and then it pulls up a bunch of other and you can scroll through those and say that one that one that one and then it just applies it to the end of your post another thing i've seen you do is that you'll feature one of your followers do you use a hashtag in doing that that is a great thing to do it does create reach when you feature somebody else and it's called one to follow or follow Friday, I guess is what else it's called. That's like a day of the week type of um, activity, hashtag activity. And so, yeah, it's great for many reasons, not because people will necessarily go and search follow Friday or one to follow, because again, that's one that has so many posts under it that you just won't be found unless the person is searching right when you're posting. However, the act of featuring somebody is a great way to just create goodwill. They get so excited when they're featured that they'll post it on their their stories or they'll repost it. And often they'll do then the same for you. They'll reciprocate. So it's just a really good practice to get into. It's I think it's falls under the maxim of giver's gain. When you give, you always gain something in return. So yes, in whatever arena you're in, whether it's internet safety, whether it's you know, coaching, just think of other people whom you can highlight, who you can um, put in the spotlight. And it just does wonders for who you are as a person. And it will come back to you in a positive way. I believe that 100%. Wow, that is really, really helpful. Is there anything else we should know about hashtags? If I wanted to get started and I just opened up an Instagram account, let's say on fly fishing, what would you recommend? I just would recommend not getting weary of it because it's easy to just believe that it doesn't matter. And I'm, I'm telling you, it does matter. And it's really easy to say, eh, it doesn't really matter. And there are occasions where I'm like, I don't do it. And then I always regret when I don't do it because it's an opportunity to extend my reach. And every opportunity you post on Instagram, you really, or any social media platform for that matter, you really should make the most of it. And hashtags help you make the most of your content. They're really a tool for accelerating the reach of your content and hopefully converting it to new followers whom you can promote your ideas to in the future. 
Melissa, that is so great. This has been so practical. I've learned so much today, and I hope our listeners have as well. So if you are an author, sure hope that you're able to begin to use hashtags and to see how you can uh, create more specific hashtags or long tail hashtags to grow your followers. It's now time for words of the episode. So I'm going to go first. All so right, because go for it. I'll go for it because you went first on the progress. So my word of the episode is sidle. That's a great word. Sidle. S-I-D-L-E. It's really, really a small word. But it means to walk in a furtive, unobtrusive, or timid manner especially sideways or obliquely. So I, I just ripped that off from, from the internet. But so this would be a good example. I grew up, my first pet was a horse, uh, a Shetland pony named uh, Topsy. And one of the things you learn at a very, very young age is how to approach a horse. And one, you never approach a horse from the rear uh, because you could startle the horse and it kicks you. And if it kicks you in the head, you're you're pretty much dead. Uh, but this idea of sidling up to the horse, it, it, you could use it like that. So um, I sidled up to the horse and, and petted the horse and, and then put the saddle on the horse. You could use it in that kind of a sequence. So the word is sidle. I thought it was a great word. What I love about that word is that it replaces a clunky adverb with a verb, such as I cautiously approached the horse, which is what we're always urging our writers to be aware of is the ugly adverb that could be condensed to a really strong verb. And this is a really strong verb. Oh, that's a great point. So when you have the chance to take two words and make it one, you always make it one. Right. And sidle, the word sidle creates such imagery in my own mind. And it's, it's just a much better word. I, I love that word. And even though it's small, it's has big impact, Dave. That's awesome. Yes, it does. Yeah. Okay. What about your word? So my word is pulchritude, which is a really, oh. ug- it's a really ugly word, which means beauty. It's so ironic that such an ugly word means beauty and you spell it P-U-L-C-H-R-I-T-U-D-E. And I've known this word for a very long time. Did but- you use this before? No. Oh, you haven't? I haven't. Okay, start. But I did tell you the story that I'm going to tell now. Okay, okay, okay. So So maybe it's familiar because I just told you the story. So I was away on a trip over the weekend and I came home and we were going to bed and my husband out of the blue said, I missed your pulchritude. And I just started to laugh because my husband... He doesn't use big words. He's not a words of affirmation person. You know, he shows his love by changing the oil on my car, not by, you know, showering me with generous words. And so he used that word and I just died laughing. And and he started to laugh. He goes, yeah, Davis, our son, told me to tell you that. And so my son is a much more wordy person than my husband is. And so he shared that word and we had a good laugh about it. Pulkertude. Pulkertude. I, I don't think I've ever heard of that word before. I just don't think you can use it in a sentence without people kind of like, oh, what does that mean? I, I almost wonder if it's a word that distracts more than it adds to. Yeah. If I if I said that word to my wife, I'm not sure what would happen. <laughs> Try it out tonight and let me know how it goes. <laughs> Tell me about the progress <laughs> next week <laughs> that you made. <laughs> Pokertude. Well, that's a great word. All right. So we are now at the end of our episode, and this is where we always talk about road trippers. So if you are an aspiring writer, 
or you are actually working on a book project, you may want to jump on Facebook and search for Road Trippers, and there's several groups, but you can join our group, Road Trippers. It's a closed group, so we'll let you in, just uh, ask to be uh, invited. But what we do is we post different items there on, on Road Trippers, but the key thing is that every week at 3.30 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday, we host a Q&A, and so that's where we post the Zoom link. So if you're someone who has questions about writing or publishing or book promotion, it's a place you can go every Tuesday and get your questions asked. We have a great group of writers, and in fact, this last week, we actually did some analysis of someone's writing. Someone was generous enough to say, hey, could you... Uh, could you review my writing in front of the group? And so that's what we did. But often we'll also do small teaching sessions on story, on uh, how to write better, and, and all these different elements of writing, book writing, book promotion, and publishing. So we'd love to have you join us. Jump on to Facebook, search for Road Trippers, and ask to join the group. I just want to add, it might feel awkward the first time you join, but it's such a great group, you won't feel awkward for long. No, not at all. In fact, if you want to stay silent and not even put your uh, video on, that's fine too. But uh, the, the questions and the, the, just the progress that writers talk about on the group is really powerful, and I think you'll really find the community uh, well worth your time. Absolutely. So is that a wrap, Dave? That is a wrap. All right. I'm Melissa Parks. And I'm Dave Getz. Now buckle up and write.